Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. Hey everyone, how's it going? Tito Guerrero back here with another quick chat. So, I want to talk about um, a subject that kind of hits home um, for a number of reasons. And some of it, ironically, I have no idea and can't tell you how uh, people feel about this. I can talk about my situation, but there's so many different situations out there in relation to this. And that's... PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder, um, which I love George Carlin's talk on that, uh, showing my age there, um, but George Carlin did a, a great skit where he, he talked about how it used to be called shell shock and a number of other things and how PTSD, the latest terminology for it, um, has really dulled it down so that it doesn't sound as bad. I mean, post-traumatic stress disorder still sounds bad, but it kind of makes it sound more like something that you don't get, you don't hear about, you know? So PTSD, we usually associate with who? Military, right? Um, And they most definitely get it. So how do you get PTSD, right? post traumatic trauma traumatic serious occurrence something bad has happened right and it doesn't necessarily have to happen to you like a victim of a crime can suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder because something happened to them or maybe a loved one and they witnessed it they heard it they were part of the situation and it really hits them right I mean, they're shook up. And then certain things, whatever they may be, can trigger that, right? Um, And some of you may be saying, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm intrigued. Great, keep listening. Because maybe something I convey today may help you understand what someone's going through tomorrow, okay? And I think one of the biggest problems we have as human beings and being able to relate to one another is we we don't get what we don't know about, right? And I work at an organization that deals with a number of people coming from disenfranchised backgrounds and dealing with barriers to employment. And in that, we have several people that speak on these subjects. And they're not always the experts in the room. And myself included, sometimes I look and think, wow, you need to, you know, kind of sit down and let someone who's actually gone through that speak on it. Because then they're speaking from experience or speaking from the heart. That can't always happen, right? So I'm going to be talking about things like military and other things that I have no idea about. I know people that have gone through it. And maybe i will forward this to them and we'll see if we can maybe do some interviews so post-traumatic stress disorder is bigger than you think there are so many people in the united states and i keep saying this i'll keep saying it until i actually start doing it i'll figure out a way to get some actual statistics 
to back up the things I'm saying, but trust me, if someone wants to do some fact checking, I'm sure you'll you'll pull out some great data and maybe I'll hire you. <laughs> so anyway, um, there are so many people in the United States and the number is growing and growing and growing, right? They go through depression. Now, depression can be a lot broader than post-traumatic stress disorder, right? But it's a real thing, and you can't see it. I'm sure you've probably seen a commercial for a pill or something late night where they're saying, you know, here goes Angie, and, you know, Angie's suffering from blah, 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 blah. Take this pill, and, you know, you might pee red for three days, but you'll feel better about yourself, right? And... The bad thing is nobody knows that Angie's, you know, feeling bad and they'll have like the unhappy face over Angie's head where everyone else has a smiley face, you know. This is real true. It's epidemic in our society. Um, There's so many things out there that make people feel bad. Like we have social media up the wazoo. You can be on 28 different platforms and post a picture on all of them and get two likes on one and none on any of the rest and you feel like your life is over, which is sad. And I wish I could talk people off that cliff. Who cares what a bunch of people driving their car trying to double tap your picture think? They're not taking the time for you. Why are you giving them your time, right? But anyway, once again, another talk for another day. But PTSD, let's talk about this. So... Who suffers from this thing? We all know the military. People go out to go overseas. They're in theater, you know, which means they're in an active war setting, right? Bullets are flying. It might not fly by them. They just hear it in the background. They might be a clerk that works in an office, but a mortar goes off 100 yards from them, and they fear that the next one is going to hit them. You know, this is real stuff. And these people sit over there, and they do their job, and they're helping us maintain our piece of freedom over here while we go to work and complain about the stress at work so that individual comes home they hear something and it triggers that you know so we look at that and we basically say you know what what does that mean to me what does that mean to that individual and do I care? Should I care? What should I do? And I'll tell you the truth, people. I can't give you that answer because for each individual, it's probably going to be different. But the first thing is understanding that it's not you. It's because of a situation that happened in the past, right? Now, what about the individual who's in the military who's actually shooting and being shot out? Imagine what that does to your mind, not knowing if today's the last day. What about the people that have actually been shot or actually killed KIA? You know, people were killed in action or they have confirmed kills. They actually killed people and someone said, yes, Tito, you have two confirmed kills. And now that's a badge that they wear with them constantly. And when they hear a gunshot or something that sounds a car backfiring, It takes them back to a time that none of us will ever understand. Think about what that would do to you, right? Has anyone listening to this ever been in a situation where someone was shooting by them? Now, I'm going to take it on a crazy turn for you. Imagine you're a gang member. Up to no good, right? 
who cares what happens to you? You're 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 nothing. You're the bottom of the barrel. You're you're the 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 nasty dog poop on the shoe of society, right? Maybe maybe you're in the gang because your family's in the gang or the area you grew up you felt you wouldn't make it out if you if you didn't join up, click up as they say, right? But now you're you've been involved in a shooting. Someone shooting at your block because your block is gang related, whether you are or not. You're either shot or you've been shot at or around a number of times. What does that do to you if you make it out of that area and then you're in other situations, right? Think about that. That goes for the parents and stuff too. I'm not talking just kids that go do stupid stuff. What about the other people that have to deal with these individuals and these situations? Now, what if you're just with some people that do stupid stuff and now... You put yourself in that situation. Yes, shame on you. But now something crazy happens. Somebody gets shot. Somebody gets arrested. Somebody gets beat up by the police because they were resisting. And you have to sit there and watch it. And now you have that chip on your shoulder. Even though you haven't technically had a bad experience with anything, right? These are all crazy situations that generate this this traumatic disorder with you because now that's what you think about now i'm going to speak from experience something that a lot of people don't want to give people the the negative or positive credit however you want to look at it but inmates when someone goes inside gets incarcerated gets locked up and especially for those that spend a larger amount of time So we would call short-termers in prison, you know, pretty much anyone that's coming in and doing under five years, but especially if you're two years or less. When I was in prison, I didn't even, I'd tell people, I don't need to memorize your name. You're not going to, you won't be here long enough for it to be important to me. And I know that sounds kind of harsh, but that was just reality. And that's what I would tell people. You're not going to be here long enough for me to care about you. By the time you're getting paroled out, I'm still going to be sitting here trying to figure out what I'm going to do with myself. So, anyway, the longer you would spend in, the more institutionalized you get. And the best way I can describe this, if you guys have seen Shawshank Redemption, when the old guy gets paroled finally after years and years and years and years and years of being in prison, and he just can't, he can't handle it. And what does he end up doing? committing suicide which by the way a lot of our vets do when they come back because they can't reintegrate and society doesn't have open arms for them now i know ex-felons inmates coming out definitely didn't put in the work that these veterans did so by no means am i saying we deserve better and so do our veterans i'm i'm actually saying that I definitely think the veterans deserve a hell of a lot more than we do. But the reality is, is when someone finishes doing their time and they've quote unquote paid their debt to society, when they get out, they have so many chips on their shoulders. The deck is definitely stacked against them for being successful. So when there are successes, we really do have to call them out and then try to get those successes to partner up with the new people getting out to help them be successful as well because 
you can say all you want about that guy stole from someone. That guy, you know, took someone's car. That guy, you know, hurt a bunch of people. But if those guys and girls get out, don't you want them to do good from the day they get out to the day they, you know, finally pass away? So that they don't hurt anyone again. So that they're a productive member of society. Because when they get out, if you want them to go back in, here's a heads up, people. U.S. has the largest prison population. And not to mention, that's a lot of money. You know, we're talking sixty to $80,000. And don't be an old-timer in prison with a bunch of medical issues. That could be up in the millions each year just to keep someone alive and in prison. So I definitely think we need to do better on that. But back to the, the, the message I'm trying to convey here. That's more post-traumatic stress disorder. I'll give you a true story. I was out on a date with someone. I had only been out for a little while. And a cop car was coming by. Had the sirens blurring and everything. And she goes, wow, you're not nervous. And I looked over. I'm driving a car, right? I go, what why would i be nervous and she goes you know you're you're like an ex-felon you're on parole the cops just had their sirens on doesn't that scare you and i told her it's been 12 years since i heard a cop car siren in real life and i'm not doing anything wrong that doesn't scare me at all and she couldn't fathom that but i forget where we were at again and they had like a, a break bell, but it basically was one of those. Arr! Now that is a prison sound. And when that happens, it means everyone get down because something's going on. And if you're standing up, you're liable to get shot with a beanbag or beat with a baton. And when I heard that, I stopped and I kind of squatted down. She was like, what are you doing? I'm like, that, that's a, that, that's a bell that hits home for me. And to this day, when I hear those. They kind of throw me off, but it's not like I get down on the ground like I did when I first got out. Now, I've been out over 10 years. So you want to talk about some disorder. Uh, I don't know if it's so much on the traumatic side, but definitely it's something that doesn't click, right? I was talking with an executive at the corporate office, and... We were talking about understanding people's barriers to employment and everything. And she was trying to tell me that I didn't understand about this one individual. And I told her, I guarantee you, I understand better than you. And she goes, no, you could never understand. I go, well, no, actually, you could never understand. Because you've never been in a situation where you were in need or fear of something like, like we have. And I explained, and this is a true story, the very day we were having this conversation, we had a little potluck in my department, and somebody had some of those styrofoam trays, the to-go trays, and we had a lot of food, so we were telling a bunch of people around the office, hey, if you want some food, throw it in the trays, and you know, you can take it home. Needless to say, I thought about it, and I said, oh, you know, I should probably take some home for my wife. So I started asking one of my staff, I said, hey, can you pass me that CTQ tray? And she looked at me and I go, hey, what's up? Can I get the CTQ tray? And then someone else turned around and said, CT what? And I go, the, the CTQ, the, the styrofoam tray. And she goes, oh, 
the to-go tray. And I start laughing. She goes, what CTQ? And I go, hey, that's what I called it for years. It's a confined two-quarters tray. Because when you're on lockdown or in ADSEG or the hole, that's how they bring your food in a little styrofoam tray. So that worst case scenario, the only thing you got left is trash. So, yeah. But my mind still thinks that way. Just like I will say 10 plus years out now, I still, whenever possible, will eat out of a bowl. Obviously, when I go out, I eat like anyone else. But at home and in a lot of other situations, I will eat out of a bowl. I will put everything in a bowl and I'll use a spoon as much as possible. Sounds silly? Sure. But it's institutionalization. It's what I'm trained in. I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily. But definitely people don't understand it unless they really get to know me. So same thing with military people. Like I know some vets, they like everything quiet. And vets, much like ex-felons like myself, have great situational awareness. So we might be a little paranoid and everything, but we're the people you want to be around if the stuff hits the fan. Trust me on that. Because... In talking with some of the vets I work with, we do a lot of the same things, which is we assess our surroundings. We like to know where all the exits and entries are. We like to know where potential weapons are. We like to size people up just in case they become a threat. And these are things we had to do in our situations, whether it be in the military or in while you're incarcerated. You do this on a daily basis hourly minute second basis you are constantly looking around and making assessments because you never know when the situation is going to change on you in a heartbeat so with all that that's kind of traumatizing when your brain has to think that way and to this day i don't like having my back to everyone i want to sit up against a wall preferably in the corner not to mention and check this out sometime Usually room acoustics are better in the corner where when people talk, it'll filter back over to you. It's very good to kind of keep an intelligence watch on people. I learned that a long time ago. But anyway, so who else has PTSD issues? Hey, let's not forget about all our first responders, right? You know, paramedics, EMTs, police officers, fire, people in fire department, right? I mean, think about the things they see and go through, not just with their own safety but what they see in others like i can only fathom what goes through an emt's head when they're dealing with someone who's about to die because they overdosed on heroin or they're so spun out on meth they're doing whatever they can to calm them down before their heart literally explodes like you don't understand what these people go through and then they punch a time clock and they go home even the prison guards like, they dealt with our junk all day with people trying to manipulate them and hide stuff and get over on them. I will say the whole, every prison guard has to worry about dying every day. Yeah, sure. But just like inmates, if they're the guards that do their job and nothing more, there's a lot of inmates that will step up and protect them. I hate to say it. It's just the truth. But, I mean, who else? A doctor that works in the ER that has to deal with stuff. And then they go home to their family and everything's normal again. Like you can't turn that stuff off. But as a society and as as a group, 
we sit here and act like, well, that's what you get paid for. Suck it up. Deal with it. But no, it puts kind of a mental and an emotional scar on us for these things that we either went through or go through repeatedly day after day. And we, we should really be a little bit more aware and not saying go out and hug the next cop or EMT you see, but maybe say thank you, you know. Um, you don't have to say thank you to an ex-con like me, but <laughs> uh, definitely our, our service people, our veterans, our, our peace officers, they deserve a pat on the back. And some of them deserve to be fired, but that's a whole other story too. I mean, but the reality is people go through some traumatic stuff in their jobs or in their past, and we need to recognize that. And I'd love to hear feedback on this and, and once again, maybe get someone and we can actually do a conversation on it, but I, I think we're we have blinders on because we like to watch NCIS and all this stuff on TV and in the movies, where you know what, ten minutes later people are fine. They they go through a mass mass shooting, twenty people die, and ten minutes later they're having drinks with the the perfect uh, mate. You know what I mean? And and we think that's reality. That isn't. It just isn't. So thanks for listening. You know, let me know your comments, your concerns, or if I'm full of it. Hey, I can deal with criticism, but thanks for listening.